What a joy that this is the day the Lord set aside for us. It is not that we have set aside, it is the Lord. And that's why we always say, this is the Lord's day. Amen. This is the Lord's day, it is not our day. So all we have to do, give God all the glory and all the priority because that is His day. Amen. It is His day. And we are so grateful, friends. I truly, truly grateful to the Lord that we are living in a country where we have a freedom and we have a beautiful place to worship. There are so many people in the world, like we come from India, so we know that there are churches who are always attacked by the enemies and the pastors are beaten and thrown into a well to be killed and die. And uh, they can come any time with a drum and then make all kinds of noise. So pastor has to shut down. And we are so grateful, friends. You are so grateful. Do not take anything for granted. Amen. No, no, please, do not take anything for granted. We are so privileged, so blessed that you can come any time into the house of God, worship the Lord, and give all the glory to Him where there are people who have to hide themselves because you never know what time and when they will come and remove from this universe. So we are so grateful. That's why I always, always thank God that we are here. We are here. And we have nothing to be afraid of that we can worship the Lord. Worship the Lord. Let's pray. Almighty God, our gracious, loving Father, we are so grateful, O oh God, that you have given us this day in our lives. We thank you, Lord, that you counted us worthy to see the beauty of this day. So many people wanted to see this day, O oh God, and we do humbly acknowledge that we are not better than those who have fallen asleep, but we are here but by your grace. So, Lord, we turn our lives, we, we, we turn this time in your loving hands. Be thou our teacher and guide us and lead us. Open our eyes, open our understanding to behold the glory of Christ's work, what he has accomplished for us while he came into this world. As we sit under the authority of your word, O oh God, we tremble. And we pray, Father, that you speak to me and speak to all of us. You draw us closer to you, O God, that we might be transformed into the likeness of our Lord Jesus Christ. Again, Lord, I thank you for each person, those who are here. May you minister by your spirit and glorify your great name. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, we are going to start the new subject for this morning, and that is the work of Christ. The work of Christ. And our text would be, for a couple of Lord's Day would be 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 3 and 4. This will be a memory verse for you. This will be the memory verse for me and this is the memory verse for you. So 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the great chapter on resurrection. Great chapter on resurrection. So Paul was writing to the church and this is what he said and this will the memory verse this is uh, listen to this for i delivered unto you first of all which i also received 
how that Christ died for our sins. Now we are looking into the work of Christ. So mark every word. Mark every word. For I deliver unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures. And that he was buried, and that he was rose again on the third day, according to the scriptures. So, what did he accomplish? What did he accomplish? What can we learn? This may be uh, not new to you, because every Lord's Day we come here under this roof, and we learn about Christ. We learn about his death, burial, resurrection. But what does the scripture really teach us about him? And my heart's desire that Lord would open your understanding to, to, to gaze the glory of Christ. And you fell in love with him. The glory of Christ. And for that I want you to, I want to read. You just, I, I, I wrote down every verse so we save time. So this is first reference, first Peter chapter two. You don't have to turn, please. First Peter chapter two, verse twenty-four. So this is what Peter was writing to the scattered believers who are going through immense suffering under the Nero Emperor. Keep that in mind. And this is Peter is writing to the, all the scattered believers who he uh, who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree that we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness. Now, every word is heavily loaded for us to understand. My beloved, salvation in Christ is not cheap. All right? Keep that in mind. Salvation... Forgiveness in Christ is not cheap. Heaven is not cheap. To live Christ-like life is not cheap. But he has left everything for us to follow. That's why we are considering the work of Christ. That's why we are considering the work of Christ. And this is, another translation says, who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree. That we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness. So we might live for righteousness. So, Peter is writing about Christ bearing our sin. Christ bearing our sin. Christ suffered not simply, uh, not simply at the Christian's pattern. Suffering is Christian's patterns of life. Do you know that? What did, Pete, what did Paul write in Philippians chapter 1 and verse 29? This is what Paul says. For unto you it is given on the behalf of Christ, not only to believe on him, but also suffer for his own name's sake. So suffering, because he is the pioneer. Christ is the pioneer. He has left an example as Peter writes in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 21. So suffering 
is not only the pattern for the believers. So when the Lord and the Lord when when the Lord counts you worthy for the sake of the gospel of Jesus Christ to suffer for his own name's sake, do not get surprised. Do not get surprised, beloved. Do not consider as an intruder. Consider it's a joy that Lord has counted you to go through and follow his pattern. So what, what Paul is writing, what Peter is talking about, that he bore our sins. He is the pattern. And also, more importantly, as Christians, he has become our substitute. You get it? Not only is the pattern for us to follow, but think about the other side of the page, that he is the substitute for us. Christ is a substitute for us to bear sins. To be punished, to be, uh, sin was to be punished for, for, for them. Christ bore the punishment and, and for the believers, thus he satisfied God's demand. The wages of sin is death. The soul who sin must die. Without shedding of blood there is no forgiveness of sin. This is all the law of God. So, Christ bore our sin. He became our substitute. Let me give you an illustration. And you follow this illustration. In olden days, in Eastern, Eastern culture, there was a king. And the king had a law in his kingdom that whoever commits adultery would be getting 39 lashes, 39 lashes in front of the kingdom and in front of the whole people. That was a law. Keep that in mind. Six months later, the young man was caught up in adultery and the, and the whole kingdom was set up and the king came and he sat on the chair. And the criminal was brought in. And lo and behold, he saw none other than his own son. None other than his own son. Now, the law says 39 lashes should be given. Here's a king. On one hand, his law. On the other hand, his own son. What would you do? What did he do? Well, the executioner came with the lashes. They undressed him, positioned him, and as he was about to lash him, king got up and he said, stop. He removed his all garment and everything and he came and he removed his son. He said, now... Let 39 lashes be on me because I love my son. I don't want him to be hurt. If you understand the picture, that is exactly the glorious God in heaven did it for you and me. We were on the way to damnation. We were on the way to eternal destruction. We were on the way to hell. He came down from heaven, took off, and he stood in your place. 
This is what Peter is writing about. He is not only the pattern for us, but he became our substitute. He became our substitute. That's why salvation is not cheap. Salvation is not cheap. The king, the glorious God, took upon himself what you and I had to go through. Paul right, Peter writes in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 18, he says, For Christ also suffered once for sins, the just for the unjust. My beloved, my mind cannot comprehend. How can the just God would die for the unjust and he still remains just God? The question was, his question was not how we can go to God, but how can holy God come to us? That's the question. How can the holy God can reach us? And that is on his term, not my terms. So Peter writes here, for Christ suffered once for sins, for, for once for sins, the just for the unjust. Why? Why? That he might bring us to God. He might bring us to God. That is the God's plan. The one who knew no sin was made sin for us. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. Why? That he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive by the Spirit. This is the great doctrine, beloved, of substitutionary atonement. Is the heart of the gospel. Actual atonement sufficient for the whole world. Christ's atonement was for the whole world who would believe. Namely, Patamadi brought out this morning for those whom he picked up, for those who are elected by God. Paul writes beautifully. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 19. God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. The holy God initiates the changes in the sinner's status. Oh, friends. Your status, my status, he changed it. He changed it. He brings, we were alienated. Our position was alienated to the state now. Forgiveness and right relationship with him. This again is the essence of the gospel. The word, W-O-R-D, the word, world, W-O-R-L-D, the word world should not interpret it in any universalistic sense, which, listen to this, would say that everyone would be saved. Everyone will be saved. Universalistic people believe, everybody will, God loves Oh, God loves and he will take everybody to heaven. Then why there is a hell? 
Why there is a hell? Jesus spoke more about hell than heaven. Why? He's not in universal existence, which would say that everyone will be saved. The world, W-O-R-L-D, the world refers rather the entire sphere of mankind. The world refers to the entire sphere of the mankind. You know, in, let me give you the verses. In Titus chapter 2, verse 11, the entirety of humanity. You don't have to turn it. Listen, I've written everything. So, Titus chapter 2, verse 11. The grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. Humanity. Salvation is for all. And then Titus chapter 3 verse 4 says, When the kindness and the love of God, love of God, our Savior toward man, he appeared. Again, the whole humanity, whole humanity. So Christ's reconciling death is infinite and offer is unlimited for everybody. However, the applications of the atonement is for those who believe. Are you with me? Those who believe. Not everybody. I use the illustration. Remember, there was a gas station in town and it's a gas free. And you're sitting in the car, gas free, gas free. And the time is gone and you're not getting gas. You have to go it. You have to go there and fill it up. Believe. Christ's reconciling death is infinite, but his application is for those who believe. You know what did Jesus say in John chapter 10 and verse 10 and verse 15? This is what Jesus said. I am the good shepherd and the good shepherd has given his life for whom? Not goat. Are you there? He has given his life for the sheep, the sheep. Not a sheep, the sheep. But particular people and not the goat. Well, let me say it again. In other words, John chapter 10, verse 15. I lay down my life for the sheep. I lay down my life for the sheep. John chapter 17, verse 9. I do not pray for the world, but for those whom you have given to me. That is the sheep. That is the sheep. And the rest of the humanity will merrily go to hell. Why? Because they don't believe. They don't believe. They don't believe. <clears throat> so now, man's need for Christ's work. Man's need for Christ's work. What is man's condition? You know, uh, Romans chapter 3, verse 10 onward, it is a panorama view from heaven about mankind in general. So when God took the pictures in a panorama camera, as MRI takes the pictures of us and finds out everything what is inside, God's panorama camera has taken the pictures of mankind's inner part. And this is what he says, not one righteous. Not one righteous. No one understands. This is God's panorama pictures. No one understands. No one seeks for God. 
all have turned away. Isaiah confirmed that, right? In chapter 53, all became unprofitable. And then no one does good. No one does good. This is God's panorama pictures of mankind in general, okay? In Romans chapter 3, Paul confirms that. He said, he sums up the problem for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. To what is man a slave of? Man in general is slave. Is slave. He said, no pastor, I'm not a slave. But you're slave. Without Christ, you're slave. Well, Jesus, his own word, John chapter 8, verse 34, verily, verily, when Jesus uses the word verily, you pay attention. It's emphatically. Verily, verily, I say to you, whosoever committed sin, he is the servant of sin. Whosoever committed sin, he is the servant of sin. The kind of slavery that Jesus had in mind was not the physical slavery, but the slavery to sin. Well, Paul confirms that in Romans chapter 6, verse 17 and 18. And listen to this word. Romans chapter 6, verse 17 and 18. He says here, but God be thanked that ye have servants of sin. Ye are the servants of the sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form the doctrine which was delivered to you, being then made free from sin, and you became the servant of righteousness. What a transformation. Once we were the servants of the slave, by because of Christ we are the servant of righteousness. Wow. What a promotion. What a promotion from hell to heaven. From unrighteousness to righteousness. So somebody went, you know, and they said, where do you come from? He said, I come from hell to heaven now. That's a wonderful way to introduce yourself. He said, where do you come from? I'm just coming from hell and I'm on my way to heaven. Wow. Yeah, you have a testimony to give now. You know, one day I was getting into the mall, uh, the grocery store, and there was an elderly man sitting there, and I was in a hurry, and he said, uh, young man, don't get too old. And then I said, you know, there is a one place you never get old. He was shocked to hear that. He said, come here, come here, tell me. I said, in heaven you never get old. <laughs> you know what did he ask me? Tell me more about heaven. You can find all the opportunity the Lord gives you because that opportunity will never come back again. So here Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say to you that you are the servant of righteousness. Servant of righteousness. The idea here... uh, In John chapter 8, verse 34, and this is the word, listen very carefully. Verily, verily, I say unto you, 
whosoever committed sin, whoever, whosoever commits sin, that is continuing present tense. Whoever commits sin, whoever continue to sin, he is the servant of the servants of sin. All right? Let me connect the dots together and listen very carefully. The idea commit sin means practice sin habitually. The practicing sin habitually. In John chapter 3, we already saw 38 sermons from the John's letter, 1 John of one to five chapters. And John so beautifully writes about that. You know, in John chapter, first John chapter three, verse four, chapter four, three, verse eight, and verse nine. John reminds his readers, whosoever commits sin, whosoever commits sin, and then he says, he who sins, and then in verse nine says, whoever is born of God does not sin or does not practice sin. Does not practice sin. Whoever practices sin is ultimately the he is in the bondage of sin and he is in a rebellious mode. It's a rebellious mode. Now, what is the result of sin? What is the result of sin? Death. James says beautifully, rather than Paul. James says in chapter 1, verse 15, this is what James says. Listen very carefully. It's beautiful. Then lust hath conceived, it bring forth sin. And the sin, when it is finished, bring forth death. Paul writes, the wages of sin is death. James is elaborating that particular phrase and then he says here, let me say it again, in James chapter 115, then lust hath conceived, it bring forth sin. And the sin, when it is finished, bring forth death. Death. You know, here he's talking about two kinds of death, physical death and spiritual death, right? Physical death and the spiritual death. Well, the physical death Jesus is talking about in Matthew chapter 10, verse 21, and listen to this word. This is talking about the physical death. There is a difference between physical death and the spiritual death. Jesus' own word in Matthew chapter 10 and verse 21, this is what Jesus said. And the brother shall deliver up to brother unto death. Physical death. And we have seen in the history and then in Matthew chapter 16 and verse 28, Verily, verily, I say to you, there be some standing here which shall not taste death. He's talking about physical death. Physical death. And then there is eternal death. And that is dangerous. Eternal death or second death. Well, where do we find in Revelation chapter 2 verse 11? He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. He that overcometh shall not be hurt of the second death. Revelation chapter 20 and verse 6 and 14. Blessed and the holy is he that hath a part in the first resurrection. On such the second death has no power. Glory. Glory. 
Second death has no power over you, over me. And then in chapter 20, verse 14, and the death and hell were cast out in the lake of fire. That is the second death. So, those who are born twice, they will die once. Those who are born twice, physical and spiritual. But those who are born once, they die twice. Not only physical, but spiritual. Pause for a moment and see how many your loved ones are in that category. It's a concern. It's a heavy concern on your heart. Only God in his mercy can bring them from darkness to the marvelous light. Remember, once upon a time, you were there. Never forget. Until unless God had mercy on you and snatched you out from the fire and clothed you in his righteousness. And we hope and pray that day will come for your loved ones. Where you all together rejoice. Those who born twice, they die once. But those who born once, they die twice. And I wish, beloved, you take time to plead for those who are born only once. I don't want them to see that they would die twice. You don't want to see them die twice. That rich man pleaded to Abraham, can you send someone? I don't want them to come here. I don't want them to come here. And what did Abraham say? They have laws and the prophets. Experience will not happen. Experience will not add or bring them in the kingdom of God. The word of God will bring them. Amen? Only word of God is the powerful tools God has given to us. Experience will add. But the word of God is the first. Because we were dead in sins and transgressions, whom did we follow? Whom did we follow? Once upon a time, we followed. Whom did we follow? Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 1 to 3. Let me read to you and then you answer me. Okay, listen carefully. You formerly walked according to the course of this world. According to the prince of the power of the air of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience, among them, we too, all formally, Paul includes himself. Paul is not above, he's under. You and I are not above, under. So this is very careful, listen to That is now working in the sons of disobedience. Among them, we, Paul writes, we too all formally lived in the lust of our flesh, indulging the desire of our flesh, and where by nature we were the children of wrath. You know, sadly, sadly, so many pulpits have erased the word wrath from God. Why? They want to make people comfortable. 
They want to make people. It's like a Walmart mentality. Keep those things which people like it, so people keep coming. The business boom. Church is not functioning Walmart. God has a two sides. He's a love and he's a wrath. We need to keep the balance. We need to keep the balance. You know, my beloved, as a pastor over these 42 years, those who need to be heard, H-U-R-T, those who need to be heard for the truth, go for it. Because you don't want them to suffer in hell not knowing the truth. And you take their blood on your head. I would rather hurt them by telling the truth and hurt them in hell not knowing the truth. There is no negotiation by the word of God. No, don't negotiate with God. Don't negotiate. Don't make people comfortable for telling the truth. If they're hurt, praise God. If people come in the church and leave the church by hurting, rejoice. The spirit of God is working. There is a story, it's a true story. There was a crusade. And in a crusade, they always prepare the counselors. You remember? They always prepare the counselors. Because when the altar call was given, then the, the, the head of the counselor would set aside people. Okay, you take this, you take this, you take this. So, there was a crusade and uh, there were plenty of counselors. And they were all assigned one by one or two by two, whatever it is number they give. Only one person was left and he was a lawyer. And only one counselor was left who had the stammering speech that he would not speak correctly. So counsel, the head of the council said, my, 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 I don't know what to do now. If he says anything, it would hurt the lawyer and he might sue us. So, Everybody assigned, they went. So this man who had a hard time speaking, he took the lawyer in a room, and in a minute, he left. The lawyer left. So the head of the council was snatching, oh my Lord, what did he say that he left? I'm in trouble now. Three days later, phone rang, and that was from lawyer's office. And the counselor picked the phone and he was petrified. I said, Lord, I don't know what to do, what to answer. And then he said, who is that? He said, I am the so-and-so. He said, uh, what can I do for you? He said, I want Jesus Christ. He, he almost fell on the chair. He said, what? He said, I need Jesus Christ. He said, Come on in. So he came. So he said that... Uh, what happened? You came three days ago in the crusade and you came when the altar call was given and in a minute you left. He said, you know why I left? Because this man told me I'm going to go to hell if I don't believe. And three nights I was not able to sleep because he told about the truth. Oh, that part we need back. 
So Paul is writing here, formally, we walked according to the course of this world, and we were the children of the wrath. Now, mind you, my beloved, the word, word W-O-R-L-D, had been used in the New Testament 185 times. 185 times the word is used. John's favorite word is world. John, the beloved apostle of Jesus Christ in the gospel and the letters, three letters, and also in the revelation, he has used 105 times. And 80 times the rest of the gospel and the or scripture has uh, written about the world. John has used in his gospel 78 times. In the letters, three letters, he used 24 times. And in the revelation, he has used three times. So altogether, 105 times, John had used that world, the world. So we were under the curse and the domain. And then uh, he's talking about um, three kinds of the world system. Okay, three kinds. Number one is a physical world. When you see all this, this is beautiful world. This is beautiful world. And then the second world is humanity in general. John chapter 3 verse 16, right? God so loved the world, the humanity in general. And then third is invisible spiritual system of the evil dominated by Satan. That is third kind. And what did Jesus say? I have nothing in common with that. John chapter 12, verse 31. I have nothing in common with them. That what the, the Lord says. That's a sobering thing. Dominated by Satan by and, and that efforts. They, they are always opposite, opposition to God. Opposition to God. So this is a sobering reminder of the sinfulness and the lostness from which the believers have been redeemed. We were redeemed from that by Christ. By Christ. So the word in has used here twice in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1, 2, and 3. And that is that indicates the sphere in which unregenerated sinners exist. Now keep that in mind, Philip. Pause for a second. Once upon a time, you and I were in domain of the darkness. But he has snatched you out and clothed you in righteousness. And we call it salvation. Hallelujah. We call it salvation. Paul refers the uh, in in Second uh, Corinthians chapter ten verse four and five, and especially verse five. Listen to this word: casting down the imaginers. This is the third category. So I'm talking about third category is the domain of enemy Satan, and that what we are fighting, my beloved. Every day, Paul is talking about put on the armor of God. Remember in Ephesians chapter six. And in verse 12 says, our fight is not with people to people, but the principality in the power of the darkest world. So Paul is talking about in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 5, he said, casting down the imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God. The God of this age, 
the God of this age has blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Unto them. Second Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 4. Now, Jesus is talking about that and probably we have to stop here. I'm sorry, five minutes we have to think of prayer and uh, then uh, 10 minutes rest and back to the Bethel Sunday we are excited to get into. But I, I'm sorry to stop it here, but we will carry on. Remember 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4 and 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 3 and 4. This is the memory verse, but this is the verse we are leaving behind and pick it up God willing, next Lord's day. In meantime, hang in there. Well, it's beautiful, you know. When you are enjoying dinner, I don't want to send you away half food, you know. Get out now, next time we will eat. But time factor, time factor. But hang in there, so come next time. And I'm promising you, you will be fed.